here. Thank you, Miss Nancy. Uh, I was watching the live feed on my phone, and as soon as you finished your children's sermon, the numbers dropped. So I don't know what's up with that. Surely it was just a technical difficulty and not that they felt like the best part of the service was over and they could go on about their day. But anyway, thank you, Miss Nancy. Always appreciate your children's sermons. Uh, we have been in the midst of a sermon series over the last several weeks of basically remembering the covenant or the vows that many of us made when we joined the United Methodist Church. Uh, when you come down and you want to be a part of the St. Mark's family, we're going to ask you one question. And that question is, is for as long as you are a part of this church, do you promise to support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service and your witness? And every time that someone does that, we also give the opportunity for the rest of us who've already made that commitment to renew our commitment to support the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service and our witness. And if you remember in week one, we talked about that when we talk about church, we don't mean just the building that is the church. But the church is all of God's people that have gathered together. And so when we talk about supporting the church, we're talking about supporting one another in our Christian journey and not just the physical building here or the particular and specific ministries that take place in our church here at St. Mark's. I've also suggested I know that there are some of you that are here this morning or perhaps watching online that are not United Methodist and you have no intentions of becoming United Methodist. And so why would these vows be important to you? Well, I would suggest to you that regardless of what faith community you align yourself with, that there is this expectation that that if you're going to be a part of that faith community, that it is important for you and for that community for you to support church with your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. So this is a s series that is applicable for all of us. And today we're going to look at uh, witness. It's the final piece in that promise that we make. Now, <clears throat> back in 1739, there were a group of eight to ten people who came to John Wesley John Wesley is the founder of what became the Methodist movement and ultimately the United Methodist Church. And, and these eight to ten people came to John Wesley and basically they had one concern on their mind. And that concern was, this is how we would have said it in Giles County when I grew up, they didn't want to go to hell when they died. So they would go to John Wesley and they're like, we want to make sure that when the wrath comes, that we're not a part of it. We want to make sure that we get to heaven. And so they wanted John Wesley to help them figure out what is the best way to ensure that we could all flee from the wrath to come, the judgment. And so John Wesley took this group of eight or ten people and he put them together in a small group. And, and they met every Thursday evening. 
And the purpose of this small group was to hold one another in love and to be accountable to one another about the Christian journey and to flee from the wrath to come. You see, these eight to ten people in their heart of hearts, what they really wanted was to be saved. They wanted to experience the salvation of God and they wanted John Wesley to help them figure out what's the best way to do that. Well, for John Wesley and for all of us United Methodists today, John Wesley would say that we are saved by grace and by grace alone. You can't earn salvation You don't deserve salvation. It is God's gift freely offered to all people. And so John Wesley was quite clear that this this salvation that these eight or ten people were seeking comes from God alone. And it is a gift that you cannot and will not ever earn. But John Wesley also believed that if you really want to see where you are in that journey to salvation, that the best way to identify whether that salvation has penetrated your heart and taken root in your soul is by your fruit, by your witness. And so John Wesley believed that although this gift of grace comes to us freely and, and we, we still have to receive it. And one of the ways that we really know whether it's taken root is in how does it change our lives moving forward. Our witness becomes important, not because that's what saves us, but because that is the fruit by which we know we are in. We have been saved. We are being saved and we will be saved. So witness has always been an important part of our faith story as United Methodists. And I thought about how might I help us to be thinking about our witness uh, in in a, a fresh way or a different way today. And I thought about. Uh, the rules that that small group of Wesley followers and Jesus followers uh, agreed to live out when they came to Wesley wanting to flee from the wrath to come and wanting to be certain of God's salvation for their lives. John Wesley called them the general rules. Uh, many of you may know them by another title, simple rules, the three simple rules. In the early 2000s, uh, Bishop Reuben P. Job wrote this book about the general rules that John Wesley used in his societies and in his class meetings. And he called them the three simple rules. Well, they may be simple, but they're not easy. But if we were to somehow take these rules seriously and seek to live them out in our lives, there is no way that it could not help expand our witness as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I thought that I would just briefly share with you those three simple but not easy rules and invite you to join me in reflecting on how might committing myself, committing ourselves to these rules, help our witness for Christ and for the church. And and so the first rule is to uh, do no harm. And um, uh, I've 
brought my book of discipline here. Uh, uh, I wanted to read to you some of what Wesley thought was important about doing no harm. Basically, doing no harm is about avoiding evil of every kind. And so here's some of the things that John Wesley said. This was not the first thing on John Wesley's list, but I would suggest to you it should have been the first thing on Wesley's list. Um, Do not speak evil of your minister. Uh, that should have been number one, right? Um, okay, well, another one it says is uh, avoid drinking unless in cases of extreme necessity. Uh, in parentheses, if you're a Tennessee fan. Too soon. Yeah, five in a row, double digit losses too soon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I understand. Um don't fight with one another. Don't quarrel. Don't brawl. Don't don't sue people unnecessarily. Don't return evil for evil. Uh, don't uh, use harsh words to criticize people. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Don't do things that you are that you know are not to or for the glory of God. Um, Don't needlessly self-indulge yourselves. Do good every time that it's possible, as far as it's possible to everyone, to all of humanity, not just to those who deserve it, not just to those who look like us or think like us or hold the same ideologies to us. Do good to all people as best you can. This is what John Wesley meant when he said, do no harm. That's an important part of our witness as followers of Jesus, not to harm other people, to go out of our way. I think about what are some of the things that I would add to this list if I could add to Wesley's list. And I would say things like gossip. You know, gossip is so easy to do, but so damaging to people. It, it, it hurts other people. It, it's just it, it is that is one of the things I think that that I would add to this list about do no harm. I think I would add the list. Don't speak disparagingly against other people. It seems like that is so prevalent in our world today. I mean, I don't know that I've in my lifetime ever seen the world feel as divided as it feels today. And people just if you don't agree with me, I hate you. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And, and, and we're so quick to talk about people that don't think like us, don't see the world like us. And, and I think that that might be one of the things that I would add to the list. What would you add to the list? When you think about doing no harm, how would really taking that seriously increase in a positive way your witness for Jesus I'd like for you to think about that in the next week. One of the reasons why we don't seek to live out this rule is because it requires a lot of self-discipline and we just don't like to be that disciplined with ourselves. Uh, We just like to say whatever we want to say and do whatever we want to do. And it's all about me and it's not about you. And so uh, that makes it really difficult. Um, 
And we're afraid if we don't attack first, that somebody will attack us. If we don't seek to harm somebody first before they can harm us, then, then, then we'll be the ones hurt. And those are the things that make this difficult. But what would it be like if we recommitted ourselves to doing no harm to other people? The second general rule that John Wesley listed was to do good. Uh, again, this is not just to the people we like. This is not just to the people who think like us. This is not just to the people that, that have the same theology or ideology as us. John Wesley believed that it was absolutely essential that if you really wanted to know if you were if you have experienced salvation in your life, then there would be this desire and this thirst to do good for other people. He would use the Matthew text about what you've done for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done to me. When you fed the hungry, when you've clothed the naked, when you visited the sick and the people in prison, then you have done uh, also unto me. John Wesley believed in doing good. But it's hard to do good because we're afraid, well, where does it stop? You know, if I if I do good to everybody, you know, everybody's always going to want something and I'm always going to have to keep up in the ante and doing good. And, and what if I just worry so much about doing good for other people that I forget myself and and lose sight of what I need? Those those are really hard. But 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 John Wesley would say, don't worry about whether people don't respond to your goodness with goodness. Your reward is that you are doing what God wants you to do. And so because that is the ultimate reward, pleasing God, uh, we really shouldn't be so concerned about whether or not people return our goodness with goodness. We should do the right thing all the time and our reward will be great in heaven. What would it mean to our witness if we really took seriously this idea to do good things for others. The third and final general rule that Wesley uh, suggested was absolutely essential if you want to be certain of the saving work of God in your life is to stay in love with God. To stay in love with God. In fact, these first two rules, do no harm and do good, you'll never be able to consistently do those things if you're not staying in love with God. Because you will get frustrated at people and at circumstances and situations in life and you'll be tempted to, to harm other people sometimes and you'll be tempted to at least not do good for other people sometimes unless you follow the third simple rule which is to stay in love with God. It is my greatest fear during this pandemic that so many people are not staying in love with God. I'm fearful that people aren't daily reading Scripture. I'm fearful that people aren't sitting down together uh, as families and praying together, continuing to model a life of prayer for one another. I'm afraid that people aren't... Um, finding opportunities to connect with other small groups of believers so that you too can hold one another in love and keep one another accountable and, and to be focusing on a, continuing your faithful witness as followers of Jesus Christ. I'm fearful that there are people who are not taking advantage of opportunities to worship either in person or online. And, and, and I'm fearful 
that this failure to stay in love with God will bring people, uh, pull people further away from God. And so here is my hope and my prayer that, that in order to continue your faithful witness, in order to have the assurance of God's saving work in your life, what are you doing to stay in love with God? And would you recommit to that in the days and the weeks ahead? These rules are not, they may be simple, but they're not easy. But they are uh, an important part of our witness. Our witness to one another and our witness to the world. Do no harm. Do good. And stay in love with God.